It's Wednesday, July the 14th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, riots in South Africa and a spike in American inflation. First, the world in brief. Police and soldiers deployed after rioting in South Africa are struggling to contain the unrest. The death toll has risen to 72, with more than 1,200 people arrested. Shops, factories, petrol stations and vaccination centres have closed after being looted or set ablaze. The protests were ignited by the jailing of Jacob Zuma, a former president, and then fueled by anger about inequality. America's Consumer Price Index increased by 0.9% in June, the highest monthly inflation since 2008, following a 0.6% increase in May. Used car prices, already a prime culprit, were joined by those for new cars, airfares, clothing and more. Still, the Federal Reserve predicts that inflationary pressures will be temporary and will ease once pandemic-related disruptions to the supply chain are fixed. Democrats in America's Congress unveiled a staggering figure for their new spending plan, in addition to their potentially bipartisan $1 trillion deal on infrastructure. Chuck Schumer, the party's leader in the Senate, says they will allocate another $3.5 trillion for climate change priorities, education, family services and more. The plan's design will require all 50 Democratic senators to fall into line. Websites run by Revil, a Russian ransomware gang accused of a string of costly cyber attacks, have disappeared from the quote, dark web. It is not known whether the sites, including a payment portal and a blog, were removed by authorities or by the perpetrators themselves. Joe Biden had said he demanded action against the hackers during a phone call on Friday with Vladimir Putin. Shebahada Duba, Nepal's main opposition leader, was sworn in as Prime Minister after the country's Supreme Court removed his predecessor, KP Sharma Oli, for repeatedly trying to dissolve the parliament. It is Mr Duba's fifth stint as Prime Minister. The Himalayan country has been beleaguered by instability and short-lived government since it ceased to be a kingdom. President Joe Biden described attempts by Republican-led state legislatures to restrict voting rights as, quote, the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. Mr Biden urged Congress to reopen debate on two Democratic electoral reform bills which founded in the Senate. The renewed emphasis on voting comes nearly two weeks after the Supreme Court further weakened the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Italy will ban cruise ships over 25,000 tonnes from docking in Venice in order to protect the historic city. In June, UNESCO threatened to add Venice to its at-risk list unless big ships were banned. The government is repurposing a container terminal away from the city to accommodate larger vessels, which indirectly employ thousands of Venetians. And fact of the day. One in every five dollars invested by venture capital this year has gone into fintech. And now here's today's agenda. Out of the ashes, Iran's nuclear deal. Today is the sixth anniversary of the signing of the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, a multinational deal that restricted Iran's nuclear activity. JCPOA did not survive past its third birthday. America pulled out of the accord in May 2018. Now America and Iran via intermediaries are discussing how to revive it. Both countries say they are willing to cooperate. The European Union's envoy to the United Nations has gushed about a quote, new level of optimism. Problems are still abound, however. Ibrahim Raisi, a hardline nationalist, is due to replace the more pragmatic Hassan Rouhani as president in August. 
Mr. Rouhani is unlikely to want to spend his final month engaged in frantic diplomacy. And America is reluctant to lift all sanctions. In March, the Biden administration imposed new sanctions on two members of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. JCPOA's second act is no sure thing. Fat and happy. America's banks report Q2 profits. For an entire year, the earnings at America's biggest banks have followed a similar pattern. Profits at investment banks have roared. Retail banks, after writing down loan values for expected losses in early 2020, have gradually revised valuations back up, first as stimulus has helped customers stay afloat, and now as the economy reopens. The result has been a bonanza of profits. Results for the second quarter of 2021 are proving to be no exception. JP Morgan Chase and Goldman Sachs posted impressive second quarter revenues yesterday. Today, Bank of America and Citigroup will probably do the same. Jamie Dimon, the head of JP Morgan Chase, points out that customers with healthy savings are ramping up spending. Debit and credit card volumes were 22% higher in the second quarter of this year than in the same period in 2019. As long as the economy booms, bankers' profits are likely to remain fat. Green Ambitions Europe's Carbon Border Adjustment Mechanism In a bid to beef up the European Union's green ambitions, today the European Commission will unveil proposed legislation in support of its goal to reduce the EU's greenhouse gas emissions by 55% by 2030, compared with the levels in 1990. The centrepiece is expected to be a, quote, carbon border adjustment mechanism, a tariff on imported goods based on the amount of carbon emitted in the course of producing them. The levy is meant to protect European businesses, which must pay for using carbon, from being undercut by foreign competitors operating less stringent climate regulations. It should also, in theory, stop carbon-intensive manufacturing from being moved overseas. The mechanism will initially apply to only a few industries, notably aluminium, cement, steel and electricity. Even so, it will be tricky to pull off. The Commission insists the mechanism will respect global trade rules. But Brazil, China, India and South Africa, among others, are complaining that it will unfairly discriminate against their products. Reigning Unicorns Indian Tech IPOs Zomato, an online food delivery platform, will go public today on India's stock market with hopes of raising $1.3 billion. The move comes during a bumper week for Indian startups. On Monday, Paytm, India's biggest digital wallet platform, got the nod from its shareholders to proceed with the country's biggest IPO, which is predicted to raise $2.1 billion. Credit Suisse, an investment bank, counts 100 unicorns, companies valued at over $1 billion in India. In four days in April alone, six of them emerged. That compared with eight in the whole of 2020. The pandemic has seen an uptick in investments in fintech and food delivery businesses in particular. Most outfits burn cash to add customers. Others resort to publicity stunts. Last month, Nikhil Kamath, the co-founder of Zeroda, an online investment platform, caused controversy by beating a legendary chess champion in a charity game with the help of a computer. In the frothy world of Indian tech, there is no such thing as bad publicity. Hashtag MeToo in Japan Black Box 
In 2015, Shiori Ito told police officers that she had been raped by Noriyuki Yamaguchi, a prominent television reporter. Investigators immediately discouraged her from filing a report. Then, police asked her to reenact what had happened using a dummy while they took photographs. When the case was dropped, Miss Ito called on the Japanese government to change its antiquated rape laws. The country still requires violence for sexual abuse to be classified as rape or proof that the victim was incapable of resistance. Less than 5% of victims report assaults. In 2017, she published Black Box, an account of her ordeal, and became a figurehead for the hashtag MeToo movement in Japan. It sold 50,000 copies in its first two months. It has just been published in English. Miss Ito has received some kind of justice. In 2019, a civil court ordered Mr. Yamaguchi to pay 3.3 million yen, $30,000 in damages. Most of Japan's victims still get nothing. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Gertrude Bell, who was born on this day in 1868. But while you are wondering whether she be angel or devil, she is gone. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.